good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we wrap up this series. Love God, love people, repeat. Because if we were to boil it all down, if we were to get down to the core of what matters, it's about loving God with all we've got and loving people with all we've got. That's what we're gonna talk about this morning. So if you take your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10 is where we're gonna camp out this morning. I'll give you a minute or two to get there. You know, North Star, we're going in our uh, 25th year, so we'll be 25 in January, which is crazy. And a lot's changed over those years. We met at a hotel conference center. We met at North Cobb High School. We built this building in 2000. Uh, A lot's changed. The, The music style's changed. Lighting's changed. The very first Sunday of North Star, I wore a coat, a tie, and suspenders. Thank you, Jesus. That changed, right? And so a lot's changed over the years. You should be thankful for that. A lot has changed for the, over the years. But one thing that hasn't changed is this, is what we're going to talk about today. Today is meat and potatoes. Today isn't about complicated. It's about simple but yet hard. Sometimes the things we know are the hardest to do, not the things we don't know. Today, Jesus lays out a story of what loving people looks like. And he volleys it and he puts it back in our court and we don't leave here going, yeah, I don't know, really, I don't understand. No, 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 you'll understand. You may not wanna do it, but you'll understand it. Today is... What makes this church tick now, and my prayer is long after I'm gone, many years from now, it'll still be what is the engine of what makes this place work because it's not our idea, it's God's idea. Would you stand with me today as we read God's word together? Remember, we've been talking the last few weeks. They asked Jesus of all the commandments, which is the most important, and he quoted Deuteronomy, Hero Israel, The Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors, yourself. Well, we have this whole conversation again. Look with me. Luke 10, verse 25. One day, an expert in the religious law stood up, and he stood up to test Jesus. He wasn't asking a sincere question. He was asking a question to stump him, and he asked him this question, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yes or no question. Did this guy know the right answer? Yes or no? He knew. He got it right. He checked the box. He got what it was about. He understood it. Sort of. He understood it here, but he didn't understand it here. Then the man, says verse 29, wanting to justify his actions, he asked Jesus the question, well, then who's my neighbor? All right, time out real quick. How many of y'all have ever asked a question, and after you ask it, you're like, gum, I shouldn't ask that, right? You got a lot longer response. Y'all ever done that before? Maybe it was to your mom, maybe it was to your spouse, and you went, so let me ask a follow-up question, and then they start talking, you're like, oh, dear Lord, all right, I shouldn't open that box. Well, this guy opened the box. Who's my neighbor? He wanted to justify himself, to make himself look right before Jesus, and then Jesus tells a story. 
It's a story we've covered many times. Why do we keep covering this story? Why do we cover it at least once a year here at North Star? And here's why. We will never love the Lord more than the person in life we love the least. Does that make sense to everybody? We will never love the Lord more than the person in this world we love the least. Jesus replies with a story, a Jewish man, a man like this guy, an upright man, was traveling from a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, pretty normal trip, eight miles, heading down this road. Everybody knew the path, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. By chance, good for him, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side and he passed him by. Yes or no question, okay? Did the priest see the guy? Yes or no? Yes. He just had somewhere else to go. He had something else on his agenda. He may have been heading to the temple. He may have been headed home from the temple. He may have been heading to a birthday party. He may have been heading to a lacrosse game. We don't know. But he saw this guy lying on the side of the road and went, nah, I'll pass. Well, the good news was a temple assistant walked over. He looked at him. He saw him lying there, but he also passed by. So two guys who knew the right thing to do, one of them just passed by on the other side. The one guy, actually, he stopped and looked and then just made the judgment, this just isn't worth my time, I guess, and he kept going. Both of them knew what to do. Both of them had all the right answers. Both of them had it up here, but they kept walking. Then a what kind of Samaritan? What does it say there? That is a nice way of saying how the Samaritans were looked at in that society. They were half-breeds. They were... Not only, not only do they look different than the Jews, they worship different than the Jews. They didn't worship the same one God that the Jews worship, which is interesting. Then the despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt what for him? What does it say? Compassion. So last Sunday night, you saw the pictures of the grads. I was here to support Casey. I was here to, to see the graduates and meet their families and all that kind of stuff. And they had a prayer time. You saw some of the prayer time. They prayed over these graduates. And I stood over here. My son graduated in 2012. My daughter graduated in 2015. And these parents are praying over their kids about to leave. And I had tears. My eyes started to leak. All right, and so I had these tears started coming down my cheek. Why? Because I know what that's like to be sending my child off to college. I felt what they're feeling. I know how expensive it is to send your child off to college. All right, so I felt what they're feeling. That's compassion. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and he bandaged him. He put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed mercy. And then Jesus said, now go do the same. Would you pray with me? Father, it's interesting 
You said if you could boil it down, you'll boil it down to two things. Love you with all we got and love people like we wanna be loved. Father, may we be people that can at least accomplish those two things to the very best of our ability. May we be a church that's for people because that's sure what you were for. So we give you this time, speak to us. And I pray it now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> a couple lessons tied in here about being for people and loving other people. Number one, ready? First point there in your outline, if you're thumbing it in the notes, if you got the North Star app up, North Star Church Georgia is probably the easiest way to follow along. My love is measured not by my intentions, but by my actions. My love is measured by my actions, not my intentions. The priest, if you were to do a post-walk interview and you ask them, should you have stopped? They would have probably both gone, yeah, we should have. But your love isn't measured by what you know to do or you intended to do. Your, measured, your love is measured by what you do. What's the difference between the priest and Samaritan? Well, there's a lot of them. The priests were Jews, Samaritan wasn't. The priest had a lot of head knowledge. We're assuming that Samaritan probably didn't. They probably lived in different communities. They worshiped in different places. You know the other difference? One stopped, two didn't. Our love is measured not by what we know, but by what we do. All right, everybody look at me. If I were to poll every church within an eight-mile radius of this church, and I would ask the question, are we here to love our neighbor as ourselves? Every church would go, absolutely, 100%. But our love isn't measured by what we say. Our love is measured by what we what? Do. When this church began 24 years ago, we began with a heart to serve people when they least expected to be served. That was our passion. We know our passion is measured not by what we intended, but by what we did. But I love how the pastor says it. By chance, a priest came along when he saw the man there. A temple assistant saw him. He looked at him lying there, but he passed by on the other side. I want you to write this little thought down, ready? Here's the difference between Samaritans and the priest. The Samaritan knew what it was like to lie on the side of the road. Compassion always drives action. I will never do something if I don't feel what that person's feeling. Does that make sense to everybody? In fact, you know what I've learned? I've learned that I can know so much and not do anything with it. And knowledge without application is, is useless. This love that the Samaritan showed, it wasn't a noun, it was a verb. He was living it out. He was stopping. In fact, the reality was this guy, the Samaritan, put his life in danger to stop. Because people could have assumed, oh, that's Samaritan. I bet he's robbing the guy. I bet, he's taking, I bet he's taking his wallet. You know how those Samaritans are. You remember our old neighbor that was a Samaritan? You remember, you remember 
And this guy puts his life in danger, but he stopped. His love wasn't measured by what he knew to do. His love was measured by what he did. The priest and the Levite may have had better intentions, but their action was a swing and a miss. Number two, my love is measured by who I'm for, not what I'm against. You know what I've learned over my years of, of knowing the Lord, which has been a, a while now? It really easy, it's really easy to know the things I'm against. And it's really easy to stop being for people. So let's unpack that real quick. Look in the, the passage. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. What's that mean tangibly for us? It means, everybody look at me. We gotta make a decision. Am I for people or am I not? People who may not look like you. People who may not live where you live or act like you act or vote like you vote or drive what you drive or pull for the same team, whatever it is. I have to make a tangible choice. I am gonna love UGA fans. I am Lord, I am gonna love them. I don't always agree with them and they bark and they get down and they do things I don't like. They always ask me, how's tech doing? And they know how tech's doing. All right, and so I have to make a tangible, we had to, to figure out, I'm just joking. All right, we had to figure out in life, am I for people or not? So I got a good friend, he coaches with the Texas Rangers. He's the third base coach for the Rangers. His old teammate of mine, in fact, his son came here a couple of years ago and lived with me uh, to play ball one summer. And I asked Tony, I said, Bees, how do, you, how, do you, how do you live in an MLB locker room with guys that are, I mean, you hear, and, and this guy, so he walks the line, man. He lives for Jesus. I said, how do you handle when guys don't? How do you handle the language? And how do you handle that? And he said, Mike, lost people act lost. I don't hold lost people to the same standard that I hold people who say they know the Lord. He said, I remember a couple years ago, one of the players, you would all know his name, he came walking in the locker room and he had an I am second shirt on. And Bees goes, man, this was in double A. He goes, tell me what that shirt means to you. It means, he, the kid said, oh, it means I, God is first and I'm second. He said, well, unpack that. What's that mean? He said, it means that, that Jesus Christ is what my life's all about. Tony said, that's good, man. You okay if I hold you to that? And the guy's like, well, yeah. He said, I don't hold everybody on the, same, on the team to the same standard. I hold somebody who knows. Because you know what? It's easy to get offended. Yes or no question. Do we live in a dark world? Yes or no? Yes. Don't let it shock you. We live in a world of people, though, that can tell you why it's all wrong, but we don't live in a world of people that are willing to do something about it. Does that make sense to everybody? 24 years, this church has done a phenomenal job serving. Unexpected places, doing unexpected things. 
And we have a world of people watching to see if we really believe it or not. And it really does make a difference. Check out this video of some community leaders telling their story of the power of serving. Check this out, would you? Well, it is such a joy to have you guys. I think this is the first time the five of us have ever gotten together together. And we get to do it at my house. And so today's gonna be a fun conversation. You each sit in a seat of leadership in our community, from being mayors, to being the chief of police, to being a principal in our community. From your seat, why is the church serving in a community such a big deal? Specifically, as, as my journey uh, as, as the mayor over the past 20 years, uh, I've been uh, had the opportunity to attend North Star the whole time. And I have watched uh, North Star's generosity, the people in the church, the generosity that has actually helped to transform our community, to make us this, this loving, caring community. I also think the principles that the church reinforces in each of us through God's word is important. And not, not just as a leader, but first as, a, as an individual, I need to be that person God's calling me to be and then to be around like-minded people. It's, easy to, it's easier to lead when you have people that think like you do and that have a sense of purpose. And, and I think the church is, the, is that body that just pulls us all together. You know, from a school standpoint, um, especially during this year, I've, I've really just been just uber impressed with how you guys, not only on the weekly worship support that you give our kids, but you know, the things that y'all have done special for families that are, you know, having a tough time, whether it be food pantries pickup and, uh, you know, or just reaching out to a family and, and helping them out, whether it be paying bills or something like that. Um, I think that's just been critical for the North Cobb uh, warrior families, knowing that they can go to North Star or they can go to, another church that, uh, that they attend, and, and I think that's just huge for the communities of Ackworth and Kennesaw, where we're situated right between both. Yeah, it's really, really special to me. It's really good. Yeah. You know, North Star specifically hits, and Mr. Moody hit on that, hits all the different segments of our community. It's not singularly focused on any one section of people or uh, there, there's something for everybody that North Star is hitting. So, of course, the, the first mission is to go out and make disciples, and North Star does that without question. Without question, they're out making disciples. But they are ministering to every segment of our community, and that is so important for any church to be engaged in, reaching all people. Yeah. You know, you know in Jesus, we've been talking over the past few weeks about loving your neighbor as yourself. What would change about our community if we really learned to love our neighbor like we want to be loved? You guys get the, you get a front row seat to see it. I mean, you guys see it from law enforcement to the schools to our communities as a whole. What changes about us when we love people the way that we want to be loved back? What would y'all say? I, I, first thing I would think is we wouldn't, be so caught up in the differences that we have, you know? Um, whether it be politically or ideologies that, that we might differ, we can find that 
we got a lot more in common if, if we live by that, that principle. And, and that's uh, exciting and encouraging to think that maybe we can get to that point. Yep. I think it's our, our responses would change. You know, how we respond, we may take the time to speak differently you know, so we can be heard. And maybe we can have that conversation to, to make the changes that are needed or to create something better than what we have now. If North Star didn't exist, how would our community look different? There'd be a void. In what way? In every way. And I can tell you personal testimony how my first intersection with North Star was 21 years ago um, when I went to a tragic event in Ackworth where eight people lost their life in a fire. And I went to that scene, not, as, not in law enforcement, but as a civilian to try to assist and help in any way that I, that I could through my church to no avail because there was no relationship previously built in advance. But along comes North Star while I was there and I got that front row seat to see how having that relationship in advance made a difference and opened the doors. It lifted the, the fire line tape, if you will, and allowed North Star to come in and minister to that family and to those neighbors that had lost loved ones that day. And that really put me on a trajectory to change my life. and send me on a path to, to do public service the way that I do today. So North Star was there in the beginning of my, my uh, career in law enforcement. You know, Mike, I, I think from the city of Ackworth, we would not look the way that we look today and we would not be the city that we are today. I think such an important part of our culture has come from many of the first gifts that uh, created programs that created special needs fields, that those those initiatives and programs that got started in the city that have created the culture of who we are, those gifts generated from the generosity from the members of North Star Church. So I know that we wouldn't look the way we look today, and I know that we would not be the city that we are today without North Star Church. What does a person get when they serve? What, what you guys are on the front lines, you're doing it. What does a person get when they roll up their sleeves maybe for the first time and say, I'm gonna serve and I'm gonna do something in the community that I've been called to live in? What, what changes about them? Everything, everything changes. How you feel, how you feel about yourself that you understand about pride, you know, where it fits in because it's not your glory. It's, you, you serve for God's glory, and that, that is your reward, knowing that you're, you're serving Him in, in whatever capacity you've been called. So I, I think it changes everything, simply. Why did you choose to serve like you serve? Why, why did you choose to run for mayor? Why did you choose to be a chief? Why did you choose to get an education and ultimately put your name in the hat to be a principal one day? I don't know that I chose to be a police chief. <laughs> <laughs> I think I felt called to serve our community and back to that same story about the fire, that was the day I felt this calling that we as a community could do something different. And North Star was setting that model out there that I felt like a police department or a city could be molded after. So isn't that something North Star's out carrying the flag and leading the, leading the charge on that? But I think that quite honestly, I don't deserve to be the police chief. I'm not qualified to be the police chief, but it's through the grace and the glory of God that I'm in the position that I'm in. There's no doubt about that. So I, I chose it just to serve and try to make a difference. How do we play a role 
in helping you guys achieve the vision that God's laid on your heart for our community? Uh, you know, our, our vision at uh, North Cobb is a warrior nation inspiring excellence. I'm like, if we can't remember those four words, we, we, <laughs> we got some issues. So pretty simple, but it, it's, it's all-encompassing. And one thing I, I think that North Star do, does a great job is, is those kids that come in our hallways each day and the families that support those kids, if they're grounded spiritually and supported by North Star, then they function better in with me and Derek from 8.30 to 3.30. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I think it's just a, a vital part that y'all play, supporting those families like that. You know, North Star has been so purposeful in reaching the community. And, and another great thing about what North Star is doing is it's consistent and it's persistent. It's not, North Star's programming for the community is, is not a one and done. It's not a trunk or treat and we've done our part and everybody feels good and goes home and feels like they've served and they have. But it's just that relentless, continuous on and on and on every day of serving. So North Star's a partner. So when there's a need in the community, uh, whether it's the police department or over at City Hall or, or something that we run up on, a benevolent need even, you know, North Star is the one that we immediately think of as being someone we can partner with to try to make that difference. Would you guys join me and let's thank these gentlemen for sharing that story. You know, in sports, you're only as good as your next game. Been great 24 years. Not all the time, but trying to stop as much as possible. But you know what happens as you get older as an organization? It's easier to forget why you're here. It's easy to look and go, well, somebody else will get that. We're busy. We got a, we got a lot going on on campus, and we got a lot of things to take care of. And those stories won't be told anymore. You know, there's not a person sitting in this room today, watching today, watching in True North today, out on the patio today, that doesn't want to live out the purpose they were created for. Can I tell you why God created you? To love him with all you've got and to love people like you want to be loved. Your purpose is always tied to somebody else's story. That's when you find your purpose. If you were to ask the Samaritan later, he would go, yeah, yeah, I don't even know the guy's name, but I'm better because I stopped. Point number three today. My love is measured by what I give up, not what I get in return. The great part of the story was he bandaged his wounds with his own money. He put him on his donkey, which means he had to walk. He went to an inn, he paid for it. It cost him something. What did he get in return? Nothing. Jesus left heaven, put skin on, came to earth, lived a sinless life, died for your sin on the cross, my sin on the cross, went to the grave, rose again on the third day, and went to heaven to get it ready for us. And what's he get? from a relationship with us? Nothing. You ever heard of a gag gift? All right, that's what it is. That's a gag gift. He gets nothing but you and me, and that's all he wanted. He got, it was all about giving, not about what he got. 
We live in a world of people, I want everybody to look at me, that are dying to be seen. Who's going to stop? Who's going to stop on the college campus, in the dorm room, or in the neighborhood, or on the ball field? So it's been a minute since I've been in college. It's been, it's been a lot of minutes since I was in college. We had chapel at Liberty three days a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you didn't get it on Friday, you got it on Monday. If you didn't get it on Monday, hopefully you get it by Wednesday. If you didn't get it on Wednesday, they're coming back again on Friday. And so we had chapel three days a week. So lots of chapel services I don't remember as a college kid. I was probably thinking about a ball game that I had that night or a test I hadn't studied for or notes that I needed to get from somebody or going out with Ann or what I was gonna eat, you know, the, the very important things of life that I was worried about at the time. There was a speaker we had, I'll never forget. His name was Tony Compolo. Tony traveled the world that time, very popular speaker. And I remember him telling a story. As a college kid in Lynchburg, Virginia, I, Really didn't know how this story would ever be applied in my life. But I remember it like it was yesterday. And I can't hardly remember what I had for dinner last night. You know what I'm talking about? So I remember the story. Tony said he was traveling. He was in Honolulu at a conference. Time change and messed up, you know, your body clock. And so... 2 33 o'clock in the morning, he's like, I'm hungry. I'm gonna go out and grab something to eat. Well, there ain't a whole lot open. 2 33 o'clock in the morning. There was a local little greasy spoon restaurant open. And he said it was one of those restaurants, as far as I remember. It's one of those restaurants where the menu's greasy, the silverware's greasy, the cups, y'all been there before, the cups are greasy. And he said, I just remember sitting down, and you, you know, it's got every kind of character that's out at 2 33 o'clock in the morning that are all in and out of the restaurant. So he said, I'm, here I am, pastor, minister, trying to keep to myself and eat my food. Can't sleep, so I'm just sitting there. About 3.30 in the morning, the door flies open, and in walks a young lady with all her friends who are in an occupation they probably never dreamed they would be in, something I'm sure their moms and dads, wherever they lived, were not proud of. Here they come busting in the restaurant, loud. And this girl walks in and said to the cook, who's there every night, the owner, tomorrow is my 39th birthday. And they're like, ah, you know, and they did their thing. They sat and ate. And Tony said, I just sat at my table and ate. Said, sure enough, her, she got done with her meal and they paid for it and her and her, her crew wandered out. Tony said he looked at the cook and said, do you know her? He said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Agnes. She comes in here every night at 3.30. Tony said, let's throw her a birthday party tomorrow night. I'll get the balloons, and this guy's wife was back behind the counter. She's like, I'll get some streamers. And the cook goes, I'll bake the cake. 
And so everybody who was there was like, birthday party tomorrow night, be here at 2.30, let's get the restaurant set up so when Agnes walks in at 3.30, we throw a birthday party. And Tony said that day he went out in town, he found somewhere that had the balloons and, and they had got the streamers and said, sure enough, we got in there with all these folks, I don't know. And we got that restaurant decorated. This little greasy spoon. He said, we're all sitting there just like it was the night before. And at 3.30, that door pops open and in walks Agnes with her friends. And she stops. And everybody in the restaurant said, happy birthday, Agnes. And she just freezes. She just stands there. She didn't know what to say. And the cook goes, Agnes, made you the birthday cake. Blow out the candles and let's cut it and eat. And Agnes, standing there, said, if it's okay, can I just take the cake back to my apartment? I've never had a birthday cake. Tony said, I get this every time I tell this story. Tony said, Agnes puts her little hands up under that old sheet cake, backs up to that old door, throws it open, walks out. So here I am, he said, in Honolulu with people I could get fired for being with in the middle of the night in this restaurant and the person we're throwing the party for is gone. So Tony said, I didn't know what to say other than let's pray, right? I mean, what else do you say? Let's pray. And the cook goes, you didn't tell me you're a preacher. And everybody in there begins to look at him. What kind of preacher are you? He said, I'm the kind of preacher that throws birthday parties for people like Agnes at 3.30 in the morning. And this cook said, that doesn't exist at a church because if it did, I'd go to that church. I was 19, 20 years old when I heard that story. I never dreamed I'd be on a stage in 2021 talking to a group of people who spent 24 years throwing birthday parties for Agnes. Oh, they may not be dressed like Agnes. In fact, they may have a suit and a tie and drive a really nice car, but buddy, they're as empty as a hollow shell on the inside. Oh, they got hats and uniforms and they got state championship rings. But they never knew somebody noticed them. Can I challenge you with something today? Who was Agnes? She was the neighbor in the story. And her life was forever changed 
because somebody saw her. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world of people that are waiting to be seen. And they're waiting on you. And they're waiting on me to be the ones that stop and serve them and love them. Not for what they do, but for who they can be. Everybody look at me. You were the person lying on the side of the road and what did Jesus do? stopped. He saw you at your worst. He died for you. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray we never get over this story. God, I would love to know what this young leader did when he left after Jesus asked him that question. Did he get it? Or did he go and keep living the same way? God, we don't want to be so busy. We don't want to be so preoccupied. We don't want to be so wrapped up in our story and our life that we don't have time for a birthday party for Agnes. God, may we be people May we be a church that's for people and for who they can be, not just who they are. For what their life could amount to, not what it is now. God, may we see what you see and love like you love. Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name.